You have now entered 4th Street with the 4th Street Sportsman. This is the 4th Street Sports Talk Show where we we had a lot of things happen this week. And that's what we're going to be getting into, Eagle Wide. My name is Kobe Moore. And in the studio, we also have Smooth Oz. We also have I'm Charles, not Charlie. And I'm Charlie, not Charles. Don't mix us up. <laughs> <laughs> we can't, we can't. Um, but again, like I said, we got a big we had a big weekend with EY, a big week. Uh, a lot of championship stuff going down with different teams like tennis, golf, and everything going down. So we will be getting into that. Also, in the big debate segment, we also got to talk about what's going on in basketball. And then in the second one, we got to talk about what's going on with the NFL draft. We got to talk about our guys from the football team who had pro days and everything and where they, where they could potentially be going because the draft is coming up this week. So we got a big show for you guys, and I hope that you will all enjoy what we had to discuss today and in a minute uh we will be back with eagle eye but first we want to play some tupac california love uh and this is southern miss radio forestry sports you're listening to southern miss radio california <laughs> And welcome back to the 4th Street Sports Show. Again, we are the 4th Street Sportsmen. And again, this is our Eagle Eye segment. And we had a big weekend this week. We had a bunch of championships going down. And a lot a lot happened, though. And we all going to give that to you. First off, we want to start off with the beach volleyball on Friday. Our beach volleyball team went to Huntsville, Alabama to take place in the CCSA Championship game uh on friday they had three matches they won two of them but sadly lost one of them the first win was against uab who they had lost to twice in the season in the first turn but this is the first tournament winning program history later in that day they lost to the number one seeded georgia state five sets to zero but then later in the day that uh southern miss would redeem themselves and beat defeat ulm four sets to one for that last match of the day but yesterday sadly their season can't concluded um when Southern Miss offered their second loss in the tournament because this was a double elimination tournament, just to make sure for everybody, this wasn't single elimination like most tournaments. This was double elimination. Sadly, they, su- they suffered their second loss in the tournament against Florida Atlantic, five sets to zero. And all and um, with that, Southern Miss finished their season 11-26, which matched their most wins in the season, but also it was against their, it was their toughest schedule to date. They had a lot of losses, but... Uh, congratulations to the beach volleyball team and everybody in the seniors and yeah congratulations to the beach volleyball team um we're gonna slide over to baseball with our guy charlie what happened um on the baseball t- side so yeah i'm fresh from pete taylor park we had a big weekend unfortunately southern miss couldn't get the series sweep but they still won the series uh, they took three games and then lost the one today today they were just bested by wku they lost the game nine to four and wku had 12 hits to our four hits so the other three games though southern miss just looked so complete i think one of the most complete series of this season but you got to give credit to the hilltoppers they were they're a scrappy team they they gave southern miss a run for their money every game and that first game southern miss survived the late scare they won six five and they actually the score for the second game was six five two 
But one of the key takeaways of this week was that Charlie Fisher is back from his hand injury. And in the second game, they Southern Miss with Charlie Fisher, they hit back-to-back home runs. And the fun fact is that pitcher who was playing had only allowed one home run through 50 innings played of the whole season. So back-to-back. So our hitters look good, and we were getting hits from the bottom and the top of the order, which is a good thing to see. Coach Barry said he needs to see that from the team more often. So they didn't bring the energy in the final game, but we had some good pitching performances from Ben Etheridge in the third game. He threw the complete game and held Western Kentucky scoreless. When you you have the pitchers today, it wasn't the best showing from our pitchers, but when you have pitchers and the hitters combining, we're a hard team to beat, and we really saw that. Right, right, right. But also you mentioned that um, if we won today, it would have been a half game over La Tech. Yeah, so it was it was a bad time to lose for Southern Miss. They had an opportunity. Uh, Louisiana Tech, if you didn't know this, they split the series with Marshall, which was huge, and we had a chance to capitalize and move ahead, but we lost this game 9-4. So Southern Miss is still sitting behind because LA Tech holds that tiebreaker right now. So really every game this season counts now. Right, and we have a whole lot of season left with baseball, yeah. but we're going to slide over to golf with my man Austin. Uh, what happened in golf? Uh, let's hop into it. Um, so first off, on the men's side, uh, they are setting for a swing at a hole-in-one as they travel to Texarkana for the Conference USA Championship uh, tournament there as it's set to be a 54-hole um, event taking place this Monday, April the 26th through Wednesday, April the 28th for uh, 18 holes a day as the top four teams through this um, through the uh, Monday through Wednesday will move on to uh, playing a match uh, match play on Thursday, April the 29th to determine the um, team champion. But uh, for the Eagles, they have a team of Robbie Lat- Latter, Matt Lorenz, excuse me if I mispronounced this, Thong Peapot, Ratanayan, Brian Richards, Bryce Wilkerson, um, who actually leads the team averaging 72.05 a stroke per round, which is which earned him player of the week earlier in this month. Also, continuing on the ladies' side of things, we want to congratulate them on ending their season, uh, but ending off with a bang and congratulate the freshman, Mercy Cobacho, who concluded um, the season tying ninth in the uh, Conference USA tournament this past weekend in Dade City, uh, Florida, where she was under, uh, she was one under for a score of 71 in the final round, scoring over um, a, a score of 218 for the week as the Golden Eagles finished eighth in the Conference USA championships uh, with a score of 903. But uh, congratulations also to North Texas for taking the win with a score of 863. So, yeah. Oh, and also you have an update for us on track and field, right? Yes, uh, uh, update. Um, track took a break off this uh, weekend, uh, but they'll be back coming again this uh, coming up this weekend in Starkville, where they will go to the Maroon and White um, Invitational, and we will see what happens and uh, just see if Trey uh, Johnson can t- continue on the streak of five consecutive 400-meter wins in first place. So we'll see. A uh, huge shout-out to him. So, yeah. Five. That's crazy yeah we'll definitely see what's going up with fourth also a quick update on softball uh we mid midweek we lost to number fifth num, number five ranked alabama uh six to three on wednesday but then this weekend we had double headers on saturday and double headers on sunday against north texas in texas 
Um, sadly, we uh, couldn't come away with a win on Saturday or Sunday. Game one, we lost 0-3. to Despite excellent pitching from Hope Truitt win, um, we were only able to get two hits that uh, game. Game two, we lost three to two, dropping two in the bottom of the seven after taking the lead in the top of the six after being down to one. And today, on Sunday, we lost game three and game four. Game three, we lost three to two. Uh, we dropped three in the bottom of the seventh after jumping out to an early lead in the top of the first, leading 2-0 throughout the game. And in game four, we lost 11-3, and it was complete domination from the mean green as they rallied eight runs in the fourth inning. And with that, um, North Texas, they took took a full sweep game, yeah. both doubleheaders on Saturday and Sunday. And uh, But again, just like in baseball, we have a full season left, and the softball team can get it together, and we could rally out these wins to end out the season. But... Uh, we head over to Charles. Uh, Charles, what happened in tennis, man? Well, first of all, I just wanted to say that I'm a little bit disappointed in, in how uh, our weekend went for the tennis because I spent the entire second half of this semester um, hyping these guys up out, out of my mind and their minds. Um, they did have a, a crazy season. I'm definitely going to be keeping my eye on them moving forward. But um, their seasons, both seasons were cut short um, due to uh, uh, conflict issues with um uh, with weather, uh, COVID, and other things like that. Um, uh, but the CUSA uh, championships uh, in Charlotte, uh, the men played against FAU. And um, unfortunately, we're completely swept 0-4 uh, uh, in the quarterfinals of the tournament. Uh, as we finished off the season with a 7-3 and record uh, on the year. Uh, so... I mean, the the men have nothing to be ashamed of. They were undefeated on the road this season, and uh, they had, you know, like I said, we got a winning season, even with the shortened uh, series and uh, series that we had to work with uh, or season. I mean, um, and uh, meanwhile, on the women's side, um, the ladies faced the nationally ranked uh, top fifty uh, overall, forty four overall, uh, Middle Tennessee State. Um, unfortunately, uh, they also lost, uh, four to one and, um, uh, also the women have nothing to be ashamed of. They went eight and three on the year and were undefeated at home going five and oh. So I think that, uh, while unfortunately we weren't able to get it done, uh, when it counted, I think that the tennis teams have a lot to look forward to moving forward. They got a, a hell of a team spelled UVA at that. That's how much <laughs> I feel about this team. Um, I think that we definitely have a bright future moving forward in tennis. Let's see what these people can do with a full schedule come next season. Definitely, definitely, definitely. And um, Charlie, I believe that you have a football update yeah, for us. Yeah, so I talked to Jock Turner this spring. It was an interesting situation. Um, he came back after leaving last season. He entered the transfer portal before last season and decided to come back, and he spent the whole spring with the team, and we got to talk to him after spring practice. He was talking about, he said, defensive line looks best production-wise. It has the whole season. And then all of a sudden, last week, he's back in the transfer portal again. So today, 24-7 Sports reported that he has committed to Louisville, so Jock Turner will not be 
on wow. Southern Miss's wow. team. It's just an interesting situation. There's so much going on in the transfer portal, but that one was kind of, you know, yeah. just shocking uh, twice yeah. to happen twice. I must say also, uh, just piggybacking off of you, uh, Charlie, uh, I saw I saw the interview. Um, it was on Southern Miss Athletics mm-hmm. uh, YouTube page, and he did look very optimistic. Uh, he yeah. didn't look like a guy that was going to transfer. Um, he was giving high praise to uh, other guys like Ty Sites mm-hmm. and just some of the leadership uh, roles they have taken on, being that he took that year off. And uh, just the praise that he was giving um, Coach Lacey and just to see him you know, I'm not gonna say he just switched up on us, yeah, but uh, <laughs> just to see him go over to uh, mm-hmm. you know a, a new team, and uh, I, I can't even blame him for going to Louisville. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's just kind of weird. It's a weird situation, but yeah, we're just wishing the best of luck to uh, exactly. Turner. Yeah, he's gotten some hate, but um, it, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. And I understand it's a weird situation right now with everything going on. So good luck to Turner. Yeah, we will. Yeah, we, again, we would like to wish um, all the best of luck to Jock Turner on his future and everything at Louisville. We thank him for the time here that he spent at Southern Miss, and we wish him the best of luck. But uh, that was our eagle eye. But we need to get into. But when we come back, we will be getting into this debate um, regarding basketball. And Charlie, I know you got the info on what's going on with that. So. That was our eagle eye, and we'll be back in um with one of with one of Charlie's personal favorites, MGMT, with their yes. song "Electric Feel." And again, the Four Street Show. This is Southern Miss Radio. It's been said that silence is music's true alternative. And that was a classic right there, man. That's "The World Is Yours" by Nas. And uh, that was a really great classic. We were talking about how that was a great song on, on one of the Two K soundtracks, but. We're we're back to um back to uh our debate, man. Um we did have to men- we did have to mention though too, um basketball at for basketball, big basketball news, we added Isaiah Moore and I know Charlie has more information on that, so I'm gonna pass it to you, Charlie. What's the um uh, news on, on this? Uh big news in basketball. So what's the news? Yeah, so Isaiah Moore was a big name in the transfer portal and he's coming from St. John's University, uh, he averaged 9.2 points per game and 4.8 rebounds per game this season. But the big news, I think, is just the chemistry behind the story is because he played with Tay Hardy, who really, if you watch Southern Miss basketball, was one of their most important players this year. So it's glad, it's good to see that he's kind of coming with that connection and probably can have on-court chemistry already. Because if you didn't know, PRC that last year – was 28-0, undefeated, top community college team in the nation. So these two guys, I think they can do something special on the court. And it kind of just raises the question, you know, we've had, I think, we've had Denajay Harris, Tyler Stevenson, Angel Smith, and Justin Johnson leave the transfer portal. So with these two additions, we had, you know, Rashad Bolden last week. Do we think that Southern Miss basketball is headed in the right direction, or do we think that this turnaround is just too much to overcome? That's a very good question, man. Um, cause we're very. I'm like, wait, that's four big losses for us right now. Especially Tyler Stevenson off yeah. the year he's yeah. coming off of, and he's a very uh big guy that we that we needed too. Not only for scoring, but down low in the post though too. And and uh, that's one thing that I've been hearing that with the loss of him, we're gonna be needing going forward. Because right now we're very guard, guard heavy. heavy. We are very guard yes. heavy, and um, 
they said, and another thing I've been hearing is that somebody need we look we're still looking for a true point guard to lead us this mm-hmm. year, and that's what I think. Um, honestly, that's what I hope Rashad Bolden uh, does this year because we worked we talked about him last episode I believe, and he I, I believe that he I. What I'm trying to say is I hope that we look we look toward him. Hopefully they don't redshirt him this year. Hey, if he comes out as a true freshman, I, I hope that they look forward to him. But then probably we might be looking at Tay Hardy because Tay yeah, Hardy might yeah. be the leader of this team now. So I definitely think um, – I don't mean to just cut you off right there. No, no, no. But uh, mm-hmm. I definitely think that uh, Tay Hardy can run us run his offense. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have no uh, doubt in his ability from what I've seen from him. It's just uh, more so of which uh, when you say Rashad Bolden, I look at him more as uh, kind of, you know, bringing in a new era or whoever, uh, Isaiah um, um, from um, St. John's. I forgot his last Moore, name. Moore. Isaiah Moore, yes. Uh, one of those two guys, uh, being that, uh, you know, Rashad Bolden is this guy that's coming in as uh, this uh, – this freshman that's had a stellar high school career, um, and we see um, Isaiah Moore, who's who's played in D1, uh, and well, higher competition in, in St. John's, and uh, we know how great uh, of a basketball school that is, absolutely, and, and things of that matter. So, one of those two guys, we we look at them as maybe replacing that, or or being that Tyler Stevenson, or both of those guys come um, combining together to uh, just help us out, because definitely uh, that was one of the issues last year was. Uh, Tyler Stevenson was he was balling out, but who was the other guy? A lot of guys looked at uh Tay Hardy and um things like that, but it just didn't it didn't click at the time. Um so we'll have to see and let's not forget some of the other young guys on this team and uh Jerron Pierce. Uh let's not forget him. Um so I don't know, but like like you guys said, we are guard heavy. So, you know, um what uh Rashad Bowden, he's really truly not a guard, so we'll see he's more of a forward type to me. But uh We'll have to see because we still need that dominant big. Can Pickney be that or, you you know what I'm saying, or somebody else? Yeah, he had some blasters this year, but that's just something Coach Ladner talked about, especially watching the game against L.A. Tech with the big freshman, Kenneth Lofton. I mean, Man. he's a huge name in the USA right now. I think he's 275. Yeah. But our guys just got tired after a half, I think, and – we just need somebody who can kind of be big body, like go in the paint, bully ball, you know. Definitely, because I remember watching that game too, and like, bro, he was just dominating yeah. in the paint, and I'm like, man, who gonna stop this guy? Tyler Stevenson was doing his job too, but mm-hmm. that's a grown man. That's a, that's a big dude. <laughs> that's they they, they said he was like, that's three hundred pound dude in the it's like yeah. two seventy five. Yeah. I said that's. That's gonna be tough because I think because we, we should be seeing him next year too because I don't believe he exactly. declared. Exactly, we gotta I'm, we gotta beef up. We gotta be ready for a competition. There's some really good players in conference USA. Definitely, that's one thing we're gonna do. But yeah, I do agree with you saying Tay uh, Tay Hardy because he did. He had him and Tyler Stevenson had big years. Like had a big year. So mm-hmm. I, even though we're not gonna have Tyler, I think Tay is gonna step into that leadership role. He's gonna step into that captain role and take over. And I just hope that his additions of Bolden and Isaiah Moore really help too, because uh, I believe that um, I believe that Isaiah averaged like nine 
10 points when he was at St. John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a really big deal because you got to realize that the Big East, it may not be a Power 5 conference, right. but they've got some incredible basketball yeah. programs over there. We're talking UConn, yes. Creighton, Georgetown, yes. Marquette. A lot of these teams have went very far in a uh, NCAA tournament. Let's not forget that Creighton just, if I'm not getting mistaken, went to the Sweet, sweet 16 is yes. yeah. NCAA tournament. Uh, so, um yeah, so it's some good teams in this exactly um, in this conference, and and, and and with more coming to this team, he brings that experience yeah, of definitely. playing those really good teams. So I I see him uh, coming in and being uh, a floor general, you know, mm -hmm. coming in there and really helping lead this team on the floor, mm -hmm. especially in transition, you know, trying to make sure that everyone's where they need to be uh, with their spots and making, you know, seeing defensive plays and pointing people in the right direction. I think that this is going to be a fantastic addition, the leadership potential that he's going to yeah. bring into the table with the experience he has at the higher level college basketball yeah. play. Especially with how young our team is. And I think, I think that's why it's so important because you have tay and isaiah who had that experience of being 28 and 0 in community college and definitely i want to bring up isaiah's stats at prc 16 points nine rebounds almost averaging a double double and he was 26 in the nation with two blocks per game so we know we got some defensive players definitely they already can be locked down defender we've got some good guys on defense but we need more offensive production we saw lots of inconsistencies there this season and Largely in part, I think, just because of how young we were. Very, um, yeah, very. We need players, Coach Ladner said, just who can go and score, especially at that guard position. I think mm -hmm. that's why it might be overloading yeah. at the and, guard I, position. And yeah. I feel like uh, that's not a, a bad thing, though, uh, not to uh, to have no, an no. overload of guards because you can have so many guys that you can put out there now, uh, which is a huge thing because – it seemed like we didn't have enough guards last year mm -hmm. to uh, step up. But these guys are, have uh, experience now. Uh, I'm going back to uh, Jawan Pierce. I really like his game. Um, I, he has experience now. He's a, a rookie. Uh, I know yeah. Coach Ladner was talking about him going up against um, – the guy from um, North Texas, he had a good tournament. Um, I can't think of his Hamlet? name. Hamlet? Yeah, Hamlet. Yeah, yeah uh, Hamlet. And he was just talking about him guarding him. And it was like a, a, little, uh, a little boy going against a grown man at, yeah. grown man at the time. But now Pierce has that chance to, uh, you know, second year get that uh, get into his stride. And I like I like what's going on. These guys have uh, – they, they have now a structure of what to do now. And let's not forget that, you know, this was a losing season. But like you said, Tay Hardy is a winner. Rashard Bolden is a winner. Um, Say John is a decent team. Um, Isaiah uh, Moore is a winner in, uh, you know, PRCC with Pearl River. So, yeah, we'll have to see. And honestly um, – I, I don't want to just come for him like that, but Jay Ladner has to do something this year yeah. because this is a year, you know, three strikes and you're out. You know, no, uh, just not shooting shots at him completely, but at the same time, it's like you have to do something now because uh, the fan base, everybody wants to uh, go in a, uh, a direction of winning because it's been two yeah. uh, losing seasons that uh, have not looked great at all. His, um, oh, sorry, my bad. Go ahead, though. Go his, ahead. Yeah, his, I wanted just uh, to say a quick point, and then you can go back. Uh, Ladner's current record is seventeen and thirty nine, and nine and twenty six in the conf in conference play. It's it's Austin. You you brought up a point. You know, before we were talking about just the turnaround that's been uh, since yes. Ladner's come on. Yes. Come on, and I just think that has a, a big does. part to do in it because really I think we need consistency. So this year is gonna be again another uh, team with another identity. Yes. Um, 
like I said, um, like we were talking about it earlier, Charlie, uh, beforehand, uh, half of these guys from last year into uh, from 2019 until this year, uh, 2020, basically uh, 2021. Uh, it was eight, it was only like eight or seven guys that came back, um, being that this team was full of like 15 to 16 guys, uh, and some of them were not even uh, seniors uh, that left. A lot of them weren't seniors that left. So um, it, it was a huge um, turnaround. Um, you are completely right, Charlie. Every year it has been a new identity with this team. Um, this year we need uh, shooting and all those yeah. other things. So we'll have to see. Um, yeah. And uh, one more thing before we we do dip out of here, I dad to your point, we do have a abundant abundance of guards, and that's not a bad thing because you could switch them out from being the one guard and the two guard. Yes. You have a lot of variation so far, so I don't think that's a bad thing. But it's it's not te- technically a bad thing to have too many guards because we could see what role they fit in as the number one guard and the number two guard. So we'll definitely see with that. But that was our that was our first debate section, and um. I'm really looking forward to the basketball team this year, man. Uh, we had we kind of had a disappointing season, though, uh, losing record. But I think we could, I think with these additions, we could get it back together, or at least try to get it back together on this road too. So, um, absolutely. And I I think that with that, Reed Green Coliseum is going to be a must be destination. Oh, we got to get it packed. We got to get it packed. Yeah, we need to get it packed. We, we, because we, I, I, that could be part of the problem was, mm-hmm. you know, this was the first season where we didn't have fans in attendance. You know, fans, for people who aren't aware, they they make a lot bigger uh, impact on these games than you would think. You know, yeah. players feeling the energy of the crowd and really uh, playing off of how the crowd is reacting, that's huge. So I think that with these new additions, and you know, being able to be like, okay, we're we're gonna we're gonna regroup here and do better this coming next season. I think that we're gonna have a good bounce back year. And I think we should see a lot of more lot more people because we get in the PRCC reunion, Tay Hardy and uh, yeah, Isaiah Moore. So, and that's just up the street. That well, it's not technically up the street, but <laughs> it's up to it's, it's up the street. It's not too far. It's not too far from Hattiesburg. So, I hope to see that, and I hope to see the regreen. Uh, packed again for basketball i'm very excited to see that and i I know coach latner he's going through a struggle right now and everything we just lost four guys but i think he's i think he he's gonna get it back together this year it's not a think he has to i'm sorry uh just i'm wishing him the best luck but he has to get it together this year yeah he has to definitely so that was our first debate that was our first debate section uh set session so we're gonna uh get back to you and we're gonna talk and the NFL draft is coming up this week. Yes, we sir. should. I'm very, I'm very excited. I definitely want to see what's going on. I would just our guys here, but just in the world of the NFL, man. So, um, we we're gonna go in. We're gonna go into this quick song by uh, Can I? It's Can I Kick It by a Tribe Called Quest, another classic. And we will be back on the Fourth Street Sports Show. Um, and this is Southern Miss Radio. Keep kicking it with Fourth Street. <laughs> Sponsorship comes from American Graphics. Located at 8 Commercial Warehouse Drive in Hattiesburg, American Graphics provides custom screen printing and embroidery. They can be reached by phone at 601-602-2277. And the website is goamericangraphics.com. American Graphics, printing at its finest. And welcome back to the 4th Street Show with the 4th Street Sportsman. And you know we got to get into part two of our debate. You know it. You what? What's the 4th Street show without two debates? Yeah, Most man. shows not giving you that. 
Most shows not give you that. They're but most you, most shows yeah. will give you like a twenty minute long debate, and that's it. And then that's it. And then that's it. <laughs> we get we get, you get two over here. I, yeah, we get we get two over here. And uh, speaking of part two, my favorite time of the year is coming up. It's the NFL draft, whoop, man. Whoop. The NFL draft. I love the NFL draft more than free agency. I love it then ah, more than the ooh. schedule release. The NFL draft because I'm a big college football guy. I'm I'm I'm, I'm gonna keep okay, it real okay, with y'all, bro. Okay. I'm a mm. big college football guy, but the NFL draft is coming up this week, and our own Southern Miss. We have two prospects. We have Tim yes. Jones and Kyle Hemby. Now, I believe we talked about where we predict where we where they're gonna go, but we gotta get one more. We gotta get one more prediction though too. So. Guys, I pose this question. Where do you believe Tim Jones and Kyle Hemby, where where you think they'll be going? Where you think they'll be drafted? Yeah. What, where you think you'll be going? Uh, yeah, man. I'm like, and before I ask you this question, we didn't have combine, the Scotland Combine this year. So that's a, that's a big, that's a, for those who don't watch the Scotland Combine, it's a very big deal. It's a very big deal for teams right now, especially, especially a couple weeks before the draft. Pro days are good. Pro days are good because, again, scouts are watching you, but combine definitely does add a little aspect to it. But where do you guys think that Tim Jones and Kyle Hemby will be going this year? I, I want to bring it up before we get into it about that pro day because mm-hmm. we're going to talk about those 19 teams that came and watched Kyle and I did forget Tim. That. 19 teams. So. Tim and Kyle uh, Hemby ran an unofficial four five nine in his forty. Jones ran an unofficial four four three. Mm. So last year we knew that Quez got drafted uh, by the Eagles. He ran a four three six. That was kind of his his selling pitch, I think. Yeah, yeah. He was like the second fastest after yes. Justin Jefferson yeah. or something like that. I'm like, man. So where I don't, I don't really know where these guys will fall just because of how loaded again this draft class is yeah. with wide receivers. But I and think especially quarterbacks. Yeah, definitely quarterbacks. That's I think crazy. I think it's important though to look at what teams were at the pro days. Nineteen teams. It shows you that there are teams that have interest. Oh, that yeah. came out to Hattiesburg that have interest in these guys. Yeah, uh, they definitely do have interest. Um, I think they had an okay outing. Uh, one of my biggest regrets was that I couldn't see these guys on a national more level mm-hmm. uh, with the combine not happening. Yeah. But um, I'm going to go into uh, just some of the things I think. Uh, Honestly, I like I like Kyle, I like Tim Jones, but I have to be more realistic and just seeing what uh, other scouts and people are saying about them right now. It, it appears that they're more than likely going to be undrafted, which is nothing. Nothing is wrong with being undrafted. Yeah. Um. It's just you know you just have to get out the mud. So uh, uh, more than likely they will be undrafted. Uh, I'm just going to name off some things I got for you guys, and y'all could just tell me how y'all feel about it. Go so ahead. this came from M- NFL Mock Draft uh, Database dot com. Uh, they ranked Tim Jones as the 325th prospect. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and one guy actually drafted uh, Tim Jones going in the seventh round to the Green Bay Packers. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, we know that Jones racked up off almost over uh, 150 receptions for over 2,000 yards in his whole career. Um, so... Um, those are some of the things they had to say about him. Also, I want to bring up uh, some of the other things. Uh, this is coming from uh, the draftnetwork.com. Uh, this is just a prospect summary on Tim Jones. Uh, for most of them, uh, they're saying he's a steady progression. Uh, he has a steady progression throughout his career. Um, 
one of the reasons for optimism for this guy is uh, his bigger role. They're saying his, uh, from prospects and other guys just watching, they're saying that his ideal role would be a development slot receiver and that his scheme fit will be a vertical passing, uh, passing offense, which I definitely agree on. Um, but... I like Tim Jones. I think that, you know, he would be a, a great guy. I love his uh, possession. Tim Jones, to me, is, uh, from watching him here, he's he's had one of the best uh, possession catches I've seen. Um, and let's not forget his big-time catches. One of them making um, Randy Moss's uh, You Got Moss in action yeah. was number mm. one. So shout-out to him. So Tim Jones definitely has the uh, skill set. It's just a matter of there's so many great wide receivers. What does he fit in yeah. in these uh, different uh, schemes? And uh, it's all about schemes. Uh, for I feel like for both of these guys, the, the thing that uh, kind of negates them is they can play, obviously. Definitely. But, you know, these guys have to be in a certain type of scheme to excel. Uh, and yeah. I hate to put that on them, but that's one of the reasons that they aren't as higher as other guys. Um, I'm just going to name right now um, Kyle. He's actually ranked 22nd on the uh, safety draft board. And some guys are saying uh, this is coming from SI.com. They said that uh, Kyle will more than likely have to, uh, which he's a thumper we've seen him make hard hits uh, one of them he did in the senior bowl it, it went viral yeah, i believe yeah. um so yeah some of the guys are saying that he has to convert more to a linebacker uh this is more of his op uh his better opportunity uh he will have to get more physique in there saying um his athleticism is not there which is hard to uh you know what i'm saying uh, it's hard to believe <laughs> when i've seen him make so many great plays here so um, they're saying that uh, his lack of speed and uh, quickness is uh, and man coverage is uh, kind of yeah, um, yeah kind of tough on him. But uh, they're protect, uh, projecting him as a, a potential you know tryout player. But I definitely think if he gets a shot, he's gonna rock it. Um, so I believe in both of these guys. But it's just you know the scouting reports and being realistic. They're they're kind of you know uh, negating all of this. And I hate to just ramble on about it, but uh, you know I hate. When, uh, you know, this is one of the things that I kind of hate about it. Uh, you know, prospects and scouts, they do know what they're doing. But yeah. sometimes, uh, you know, they can miss things and, you know. They write, write people off. Yeah, right, right before. Right, yeah, right. so that's the um, only thing I hate about this. I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Because Southern Miss is kind of that school that's in between. Like, we're a respected yeah. school that has a lot of, that had a lot of, players that come from it we had of course we had a hall of famer quarterback come from here yeah and, so, and, and, and one of yeah. the greatest punters of and all time let's not forget uh yeah. the db and patrick certain um too yeah. patrick certain uh, yeah, and, and what he's doing with his son and stuff so jamie collins currently yeah. yes but yeah we we're kind of on the spectrum where we're in between we're respected school where a lot of great prospects have come from but then again we're not a power five school we're not that's the thing about us not being power five and, um, I don't think it has to do with. Well, I, I, I get what you. Yeah, it doesn't have to do with it, but not we're not looked at as much as a Alabama or LSU or even a, again, even the worst SEC school. They'll will have more people that will be looked at. Yeah, more eyes on them. More eyes on yeah. them. Yeah, but that's, yeah, that's the name of the game. <laughs> as much as as much as I want to say they both go and draft it, I think they both get late round picks. Me too. I think. Um, I, I got to agree with that. I think they both get late-round picks because, again, in the draft now, we have so many picks. It ain't like how it used to be, just seven rounds, 200. It's more picks now. They got compensatory picks, I think, yeah. I believe. But Comp I, uh, compensatory picks. Yeah. yeah, yeah, comp yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I think um, 
I think they will. And and again, I brought up the combine earlier. I wish we would have had a combine. Yeah, I definitely think these guys would have showed out at this combine. Yeah, yeah they would have showed out because I think that's what, that helped Quez Watkins out a lot yes, last definitely. year because Quez, we knew Quez was a really good receiver here. Oh, yeah. But again. For him to do it on that national scale and everybody rave about him being in. Mm-hmm. I think he was in the top five or top eight yeah. um, in a 40-yard yard dash. And, yeah. you know, yeah. that type of speed is definitely fits well. A lot of teams take, you know, speed kills. Yeah. A lot of teams take that uh, any yeah. day if they can see a, a well, Quez is like six three, six two, yeah. running that fast. You know, and so. and of course you need a big, you need a big guy, but for receivers, you de- speed definitely helps. And that that definitely. So I wish they did have a combine. We could have seen with Tim and with Kyle. We could have seen what they could have done on a national stage because that's when every scout is watching you. Not like a pro day where like nineteen teams are watching you, and then the other teams are not even there. So I wish we had a combine to see that. But I think they, they go late round picks because. Again, this is a big wide receiver class, yeah. though, bro. We have a Heisman-winning wide receiver that's potentially going to go first or second, depending on who they believe is better yeah, to chase. But or, and and uh, think yeah. about that, Devontae Smith, uh, a lot of guys are writing him off just off his side. Off his things, side. So it's, yeah. uh, it's crazy to see this. But, but his speed kills. I, I, I mm. still remember his freshman year when he caught the game-winning touchdown in the championship game. I think what it hurts Tim, though, is just the sample size of what scouts have to yes. go off of. He, yes. missed out this year. he only played, I think, yes. six games this they, year. Yeah, he didn't no, play much. It was, yeah, it was less than six so, almost. So yeah. what, you, what you brought up about Kyle, I actually got to say that I think he holds an advantage to his draft stock because he's a versatile kind of player. I think mm-hmm. a lot of teams that are trying to fill some defensive need in those later rounds will look and see, see hey, this guy could be a develop, developmental pick that we could put in different positions. Yeah. Let him figure out, you know, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. So I could see him going as a seventh-round pick. I really think that some team will come in and see what he's done. Those big plays, again, that's that exposure that he got in that senior bowl. Yes. Somebody I definitely believe will pick Kyle. And, and, and you know what? I wanted to take the opportunity here to, to, to bring up that going undrafted is not it's nearly not, as bad as people would assume it would be. Because think about it. You have the power of choice. Teams will come to you. So it's not like you're like going over there and being like, please sign yeah. me. Like, so you, you have teams coming to you, which, which definitely makes the whole signing process a lot easier. You can negotiate yes, how long your contract is, how yes, much your contract is worth. And you can really sort of talk to the teams and, and be like, hey, how are you going to utilize me? Okay, cool. I don't need to sign with you. Versus if you're being drafted somewhere, you're set there. Yeah. And um, actually, an example of that real quick um, before we go, before we kind of go into commercial. Um, Case Keenum is an example of that. Um, for those who don't know who Case Keenum is, Case Keenum went to the University of Houston. And when I saw him play, he was, he was literally one of the best quarterbacks in college I've seen. I, he was one of the be- he put up one of the best seasons I, I've ever seen. I thought he was a Heisman winner. I thought he was a Heisman winner and candidate. He he was there, but they didn't. I guess because he went to the University of Houston, they didn't take him serious. I thought he was one of the best. Houston respected now. That's oh, the Houston, crazy oh, that's part Houston about definitely it. respected. Yeah, Houston was a part of CUSA oh, back. Oh yeah, then. yeah, yeah. So yeah. And, and, yeah. So, and we beat them in the championship yeah. game too. By the way, in Houston, gotta bring that up. <laughs> that's history. Yeah. But like I said, with Case Keenum, um, best quarterback in Houston I've ever seen, and he went undrafted. He was went undrafted. I thought he would. I thought he would have been picked up. He went undrafted. and He signed with the Texans, and then later on he signed. I believe he signed with a bunch of different teams. He 
the only another reason I remember him, he's he was with the Vikings and he beat my New Orleans Saints in that Minnesota miracle yeah. thing. But but that's, a, but that's another point. But that's Definitely. the thing. Just because you go undrafted, it's not the end of the world. No, no, it's, it's it, not. It's not. It's not the end of the uh, world. You can Michael negotiate. Harris from USM last year got put on the practice squad at the Colts. You know, he's still on there. They respect him. And they, yeah. and he and he had a great season. And he had yeah. a really good season. My dad always brought him up. Always brought him up last year too. So. Just because you go undrafted, it's not the end of the world. Most of the best players of all time have either been drafted late, have been drafted late, or have been drafted or have been drafted early, or maybe in the middle. So it's not a bad thing if either of these guys are undrafted. I think they go seventh round just like that. But that's my opinion. But we're gonna have another quick little break. That was our debate part two. Got to catch the NFL draft Thursday. Oh, definitely, Thursday. Can, definitely. Oh, I'm trying to see if our guys get yes. picked. Oh, I'm absolutely. Be for oh, I'm, oh I'm, I'm, I'm. Trust me, I'm gonna be. You know what? We we should we should the four of us should get together and have a draft party. Okay. We should we should we, we should, should do that. Party. Make big, that happen. Let's go. Big, Done. <laughs> big draft party. So, uh, yeah, catch the NFL draft this Thursday coming up too. Is we gonna have a lot of quick? Actually, we gonna have a lot to discuss with that. But, um, we got a, a quick little break and then we will. Not only give off flowers, but we will also say goodbye for the week. And uh, this is 4th Street Show, and you're listening to Southern Miss Radio. We'll be back in literally eight seconds. Southern <laughs> Miss Radio. Oh, yeah, it's 88.5 Southern Miss Radio. It's all requests right now on Southern Miss Radio. Make yours now at southernmissradio.com. Told you it would be eight seconds, y'all. Told That's you. It. Did you miss us? Did you miss yeah. us? I, I don't know. <laughs> but, all right, but you already know what time it is. It's time to give our flowers to everybody. And we first, the first person we would like to send our flowers to is Miss Kylie Grandy, who's been a part of our beach volleyball team and our volleyball team. Played six years for Southern Miss. And Sheesh. Six years, uh, yeah. yeah. I think yeah. COVID and red shirt probably yeah, had a lot to do with but that, but... It's still a, a blessing to see her blessing. do her thing here. Big blessing. Yeah, I, got, I got something to add to that, too. Literally uh -huh. 10 minutes ago, just got that she was named to the CCSA All-Tournament Team honor. So oh, congratulations. Absolutely. Congratulations. Bravo. Congratulations. We're going to get a soundboard soon, so y'all so y'all hear that. Woo! But, <laughs> but, yeah, congratulations to yeah, Miss Kylie Grandy. Play six years. We, we respect the work that you did, and we give you your flowers and uh, we respect what you did, and we wish you good luck in your future. In your future, um, after you after you leave Southern Miss. Um, also, we want to give our flowers to Sarah Medic, who uh, from our tennis team, from our women's tennis team, was who was named to the Conference USA All Academic Team. She holds. Guess what, guys? She she doesn't hold not a two, not a three. But a 4.0 GPA. Respect. A 4.0 GPA. That's a high GPA, y'all. Very yes. high. That's that's totem poles. Um, and she holds a five and three, five and three singles record and a five and four record in doubles. So congratulations to Miss Sarah Medic, um, who was named to the sure. all academic team. Keep she, it up. Keep it up. Also, congratulations to um Kylie Grandy. That's great that she was named to the all tournament team as well. But um, it's it's that time. It's that time. We gotta we gotta we gotta say bye for the week. Um, I hope you enjoyed the show today with us, man. We had a, a lot of show. We all went over time like usual. But we had a, big, a lot of show. A lot of show. My bad. We had a lot of show today. But um, I hope that you enjoyed it today. Um, we had a again. We had a big weekend. Uh, we had a lot to discuss, especially with our basketball team and our football team going forward. But um. 
I hope that you enjoyed the show today. And once again, we are the Fourth Street Sportsman. I am your man, Kobe. Smooth Ost. Charles, not Charlie. Charlie, not Charles. Don't mix us up. And we <laughs> once again, we are the Fourth Street Sportsman. And I hope that everybody has a great rest of the Sunday. Yeah. And um We out, baby. We out. We'll Good see y'all. <laughs> we'll see y'all next week. Peace and love. And this has been Southern Miss Radio. Four, Four Street. Street Sports. Adios.